You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> What up? Welcome back. Episode 46 of the Wide Right Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. What's going on? It's been a while. Been a little bit longer than usual since I've last recorded. Uh, and that's because, you know, the Giants obviously had a pseudo bye week after their Thursday night matchup in Week 7. A Thursday night game against the Eagles that we will no longer talk about given its depressing and disastrous conclusion. So we will not talk about that anymore. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, But yeah, it's been a minute since I recorded. But that makes for a jam-packed episode 46. We got some news, Marcus Golden trade, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley caught out in Manhattan without masks, not so good. Positive COVID-19 tests, also not so good. Uh, And uh, per usual, to conclude the episode, a preview of the upcoming Giants game. This time around, it's the Week 8 matchup between them and the Buccaneers taking place on Monday Night Football this coming Monday at MetLife Stadium. Uh, But I want to start with the Marcus Golden trade. Now, this happened a week ago today, but I didn't talk about it on last Saturday's episode because I was just too caught up in digesting the horrific loss to the Eagles, which we'll no longer talk about, which we're we're moving on from. But Giants traded Marcus Golden to the Cardinals, who we started his career with. Traded him to the Cardinals for a 2021 sixth-round draft pick. Now, I honestly think they could have gotten more. The Giants could have. Maybe a five, maybe a four. But then again, this is Dave Gettleman who we're talking about. His history with trades hasn't been exactly ideal for the Giants. And when you look at this trade, you could say, you could look on the surface and say, Golden's numbers weren't as great as they were last year. You know, a 2019 campaign in which he led the team with 10 sacks. But he didn't play a whole lot, which I always thought was so weird. You know, this when you look at the snap counts, first of all, we all knew Giants fans knew, Giants writers, Giants podcasters, whatever, knew coming into the season, Marcus Golden was the best edge rusher on this team. But they just didn't, the the coaching staff didn't see it. They seem to love Kyler Frackle more, which that's not taking anything away from Kyler Frackle. Kyler Frackle has been great for this defense and has ultimately made a difference. Um, but they loved Fackrell more. They seemed to love Carter, uh, Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez more when the two were healthy. And if you look at the snap counts, it's bizarre. Marcus Golden was on the field for 22 snaps against the Steelers, 15 against Chicago, 23 against San Francisco, only 7 against the Rams, 57 against Dallas, but that's because Carter went down with his uh, season-ending injury. But then it was back to 24 against Washington, 27 against the Eagles. So they just, it was very weird his play time, or his lack of playing time, I should say. And I guess he just didn't fit 
Marcus Golden just didn't fit Patrick Graham's scheme. You know, which is, I guess, is understandable. Some players fit certain schemes better than others, regardless of talent. But I just found it weird how, number one, Marcus Golden was easily the better, better of the edge rushers entering camp and entering the season. And number two, there was that big story in the offseason where he went out, tried to test the waters in free agency, didn't get an offer that he liked, or, you know, no one wanted to match his asking price. The Giants placed that, placed a rare May 5th tender on him stayed patient, and then was able to bring him back for cheap. Everyone was so excited about that. They're like, oh, the Giants got back Marcus Golden for cheap. He's their best edge rusher. And now six, seven weeks into the year, seven weeks into the year, rather, he's uh, he's gone. He's back where he started in Arizona. It's just a weird to go from like the 10 sacks, first linebacker for the Giants to reach double-digit sacks since Lawrence Taylor in 1990, first giant period to reach double-digit sacks since Jason Pierre-Paul in 2012, or I believe, or 2012 or 24, I think 2014, excuse me, and then, you know, have all this, you know, this May 5th tender, this free agency stuff, and Giants reigning patient, Giants bringing him back, you know, there's probably Dave Gettleman's best move of the offseason to bring him back, or at the time it was, and now it's looking to be more James Bradbury, Blake Martinez, but at the time, you know, at least I was saying that it was Dave Gettleman's best move of the offseason, bringing Marcus Golden back, you know, all this stuff in the offseason, and then through seven weeks, he's out, he's back in Arizona. It's just, it's a weird scenario, and, you know, that's it. That's weird. His lack of playing time was weird. You know, the fact that he got 57 snaps against Dallas, they, you know, at least I thought that was going to be, you know, he was going to start getting more playing time consistently with Carter out and Zimenez out, but that just didn't happen really against Washington or the Eagles thereafter. And then it's just a weird scenario all around, but wish him the best. Arizona's got a great pass rusher coming back for them. Uh, Now it looks like Trent Harris will see some time. Trent Harris, the Giants recently signed. He was with Patrick Graham in Miami last year. So he's going to see some time opposite Kyler Fackrell, considering Lorenzo Carter is done for the year and Oshane Zimenez is still on IR with a shoulder injury. So, but all in all, just a weird, just just a weird Marcus Golden era. Not a bad one. He was good. But this, this... This season alone was very weird for Marcus Golden, with the Giants at least. Uh, So now what do we got? Videos of Saquon, Daniel Jones out partying without masks. Listen, I'm not going to bash them at all because we don't know all the details. I believe it was at a private bar after dinner. There was also the apparent video of Saquon riding the bicycle with the front wheel up outside, even though he just tore his ACL. Joe Judge saying it's being handled internally and that Barkley's, um, you know, one of Barkley's, I guess, duties before he gets surgery, which he just got surgery this week, was to ride a stationary bike. I'm not going to bash him right away because we don't know all the details. And, um, but it don't look good. It don't look good at all. You know, this guy, DJ Lughead, a user on Instagram, posted these videos. And apparently he was the driver of the group. He posted the video of Daniel Jones in the background with an unidentified woman. I don't know if that was his girlfriend or who it was. I don't know. There was there was a picture of Saquon and Daniel Jones. There was a video of Saquon riding the bike outside. And apparently, reportedly, 
Sterling Shepard and rookie uh, wide receivers Austin Mack and Benjamin Victor were also reported to be out with them. Uh, and it's it's being handled internally, but man, it don't look good. It don't look good. As I said, we don't know all the details, but on the surface, it don't look good. You gotta wear that mask. You can't be caught get you get you can't be getting caught doing that kind of stuff, and you can't do it during a pandemic. It can't be done. You gotta be responsible. You know, it's crazy enough that we're literally having an NFL season during a pandemic. Okay, that's nuts. But in order for that to happen, these players and these coaches and the personnel need to follow the rules. So follow them. If they were actually, if the, what the video suggests, if the video suggests what's actually true in reality, and they were out partying without masks, that's not good. That's, you know, that's not good at all. That ain't great. You need to follow the rules, man. Like, if you're going to have this season, the rules need to be followed. That was established very early, and it was very clearly established very early. You know, it's the same. It's the same goes for like coaches wearing masks on the sideline. Just wear the thing. Follow the rules. You know, it's doesn't look good on Daniel Jones's part. Doesn't look good on Saquon's part, uh, or the other reported individuals who were reported to be there. So it's it's not a great situation. Daniel Jones didn't really say much about it in his media session this week. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with the punishment. But I I think there might be one. I don't think a league's I don't know if anything's coming from the league, but the Giants I think are going to give a punishment in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I wonder if Judge would spend Jones for like the opening series. Think about it. He benched Andrew Thomas against Washington for showing up late to a meeting. So it's not like it's an impossible scenario. It's not like it's an unheard of scenario. Um. So, and he's a Belichick guy too. Joe Judges. So it's, it's you know, same punishment for everybody. Doesn't matter if you're the quarterback, left tackle, you know, practice squad guy, uh, you know, a, um, a backup receiver. Doesn't matter. I could see Joe. there's a possibility that Joe Judge suspends Jones for like a, the opening series or whatever it is or benches Jones for the opening series. So it's... um. Yeah, not a, not a good look for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I think DJ Lughead, the guy who filmed the videos, came out and said they're from last year. That doesn't seem to be true whatsoever. I think he's lying about that. I think that's you know that's BS. But you, I guess we'll see how this transpi- transpires prior to the Giants matchup with the Bucks on Monday. And finally, we got some more not so great news. Will Hernandez testing positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, Giants initially the, the the report from Mike Garofolo of NFL Network on Thursday re- initially stated that a Giants player had tested positive for COVID nineteen, and that all and that player was eventually revealed to be Will Hernandez. So the Giants quarantined, sent home on Thursday all but four of their offensive linemen, as well as two coaches, outside linebackers coach Brett Bryalema and defensive backs coach Jerome Henderson. They were all deemed as close contacts, close contacts, but not high risk. So they were retested on Thursday. They tested negative. So all those guys, except for Will Hernandez, were back in the building on Friday. But Hernandez ain't playing on Monday. So who's his replacement? 
none other than rookie guard Shane Lemieux. Guy the Giants drafted in the fifth round this year out of Oregon. I believe number 150 overall. So he will get the start against, uh, most likely get the start against the, you know, obviously the extremely powerful Bucks front seven with JPP, with Sue, all these guys, Shaquille Barrett. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough task. But he's going to get his first ever start in Hernandez's place. And, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough situation. But the Giants are going to need to adapt. That's just what you have to do. Yeah, it's, it's, the COVID-19, it's the year of COVID-19 in the NFL. It's the year of the pandemic in the NFL. This happens to teams. Players test positive and they have to miss practice games. You know, there's been schedule changes here and there. There's been a lot of schedule changes here and there. Uh, everyone's got to adapt. Everyone's got to stay on their toes. Everyone's got to be willing to change and rearrange their schedules because this is something that we can't, you know, it, this this is something that we didn't see coming a year ago. You know, it's it's just, it's a weird and tough year. You got to stay on your toes. Got to be willing to adapt and willing to make changes and the Giants have to adapt and make changes here. So Shane Lemieux is going to get the start alongside the other, you know, the, the normal starting offensive lineman, obviously Andrew Thomas, uh, and Nick Gates, Kevin Zeitler, Cam Fleming, maybe mixing Matt Parrott here and there, which they've done. Uh, but it's a tough situation. Hopefully Lemieux is ready to go, and hopefully Hernandez uh, feels better as soon as possible. But there's a chance Hernandez Hernandez will miss this Monday night game, and there's a chance he misses the following matchup, which is, I believe, against Washington. I'm going to have to check on that. But I believe it's against Washington in Week 9. So, yeah, it's it's, it's rough situation, but Giants got to move forward. And move forward they will, because Monday night, they don't have an easy matchup, okay? Giants got a tough one coming up on Monday night at MetLife Stadium. One and six facing the five and two Bucks, who are at the top of the NFC South, led by future Hall of Fame quarterback Tom Brady. So not exactly an evenly matched game going in. Bucks are 12.5 point favorites on DraftKings Sportsbook. Listen, I don't think the Giants are going to win this game. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think the Giants are going to win this game. And I don't think many expect the Giants to win this game. However, I do think they're going to make it close. Okay, Because the Giants seem to be in most games. Okay, I believe their average losing margin is 8.8 points. The Giants are in most games. They lost by four to the Bears. Lost by three to the Cowboys. Lost by one to the Eagles. Lost by um, eight to the Rams. Lost by ten to the Steelers, who are undefeated. They're in most games. So I think the Giants are going to make it close. But a couple of things are going to have to happen for it to be a close game when the final when the clock hits triple zero. Number one, this defense has got to step up against this Tom Brady-led squad. So the offense doesn't have to do too much. The Giants have to know and realize their strengths. And at this and it excuse me, at this point, their strengths are on the defensive side of the ball. Chris Godwin is out for the Bucks, so James Bradbury will likely have to follow Mike Evans. Logan Ryan or a linebacker will cover Gronk, which may be a mismatch in either size or athleticism, depending on who's covering him. But I sure as hell don't want Jabril Peppers in coverage. I'd rather him up in the box as more of like you know, as working more towards the line of scrimmage. And they also need to pressure Tom Brady. 
That's what you got to do. You cannot give Tom Brady enough time in that pocket. He has too many weapons at his disposal. Got too many weapons. You can't let Tom Brady have enough time in that pocket or he will eat you alive for 60 minutes. He's done it time and time again to countless teams in his, how long has he been in the league? 20, 21 years at this point? I believe 21 years, yeah. You cannot let him eat you alive. And he will do that if he has time in the pocket. Control the run game. Bring the pressure on Brady. And I cannot stress this enough. Get off the field on third down in the big and in the big moments. Giants, this Giants defense has been awful when it comes to doing that. They cannot make a stop late in, late in the half or late in the uh, in late in regulation. They can't do it. Within 14 two-minute warnings this year, I believe I said this on the last podcast. Well, if, and if I didn't, I'm saying it again. Within 14 two-minute warnings this year, right? Seven games times two. 14 two-minute warnings. Within those 14 periods combined, the Giants have allowed 56 points in just those 28 minutes combined. 56 points in 20... In, excuse me. 56 points in 28 minutes. That's absurd. That is extremely unacceptable. 30 points in 28 minutes would be unacceptable. The Giants have almost doubled that. They have to get off the field in the big moments. They have to get off the field and make stops, whether it's late in the second quarter or late in regulation or just in general on third down. They need to get off the field. The time of possession needs to be in favor of the Giants, which is which it's hardly been this entire year. Okay? Just to recap, okay, you got a uh, James Bradbury is going to have the big. Excuse me, James Bradbury is going to have to have a big game against Mike Evans. They're going to need to shut down Gronk, who's been coming up big the last couple of weeks and wins over the Packers and Raiders. And they got to pressure Brady and get off the field on third downs and in the big moments. That's what needs to happen. Defense needs to step up so this Giants offense, which has been very below average this year, doesn't have to do too much. And speaking of the offense, Giants need to run the ball. Okay, I know Devontae Freeman is banged up with his ankle injury. I'm not sure if he's going to be active for the upcoming game against the Bucks. So they're, they're going to need to u- utilize Wayne Gallman to the best of his ability. Because he can be at least a semi-productive weapon on the offensive side of the ball. Okay. You got to take the pressure off Jones, who's going to have a tough time going up against this defense, especially this this front seven. Okay, run the ball, set the tempo, execute long drives, tire this defense out, open up the play action. Don't get caught on third and longs because those will kill you. This defense will kill you on third and long if you get stuck with those third and long plays. Okay, got to run the ball, execute long drives. You know, quick down the field, be creative, be effective. Tire this defense out. Okay, if you just run a boring and ineffective offense like Jason Garrett has done for much of this year, this Bucks defense will get to you. And they'll overwhelm you. And they'll get off the field quickly, unlike what the Giants defense has been able to do. Also, when it comes to the blocking portion of the offense, Giants are not in their ideal situation. As we mentioned before, Will Hernandez not playing. Positive COVID-19 test. So Shane Lemieux is playing in his spot in his first ever career NFL start. 
You got to have someone extra in that backfield to block on passing downs. This front seven will eat you alive. As I said before, Shaquille Barrett, JPP, who we all know well. <laughs> Nadama King Sue. Giants got to have someone extra in that backfield to block on passing downs. Especially with, you know, two rookies on the offensive line now, starting with Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux, and essentially another one in Nick Gates. You know, Nick Gates didn't play much at all over the course of 2018 and 2019. Didn't play at all in 2018, actually, and only had three starts last year. Whether it's tight end Levine Toilolo, tight end Caden Smith, fullback Elijah Penny, you got to have an extra blocker back there to give Jones protection and time to find his guys in pass plays. Okay, So to recap on the offensive side of the ball, Run the ball effectively. Take pressure off Jones. Set the tempo. Execute those long drives. You got to tire this defense out. Open up the play action. And if you get caught on third and long, you're going to regret it. And it's not going to work against this defense because they know they're going to pressure Jones all night. Okay. So you you got to set the tempo. Quick drives down the field. Be creative. And just look to tire this defense out because if this defense is well rested, they'll come after you. That's just what that's just what they do. That's why they're one of the top defenses in the league. Am I endorsing a Giants win? Of course not. No, I don't endorse Giants wins. It's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to rant about the Giants, not you know say anything good about them. Really, not endorsing a Giants win. Not just for the reverse psychology because I because I, I want them to win. But I actually don't think they'll win. You know, I want them to win. Of course, I always want them to win. But I'm not going to endorse a win here because, you know, one for the reverse psychology that I doesn't really work, but it worked that one time against Washington. And two, because I actually legitimately do not think the Giants win this game. I think they make it close. I think they give the Bucks a run for their money for the most part. But I ultimately think Tom Brady will be able to figure out the Giants' defense at some point, whether it's in the third or fourth quarter. And the Bucks will pull away late. I say it's going to be a 21 to 10 Bucks game. Giants will cover the uh, what did I say it was 12 and a half? Yeah, 12 and a half points spread. And uh, but Bucks will win outright. And I believe the over under is 45 points. Yes, the under will hit, which I wrote about on EliteSportsNewYork.com. You can check it out. So yeah, 21 to 10 Bucks. I'm saying. Say Brady has. Two touchdowns, and I say for the Giants, uh, I'll give Daniel Jones a touchdown. Touchdown pass to, uh, say, Evan Engram. Say Evan Engram has a bounce-back game or somewhat of a bounce-back game that includes a touchdown reception, which I believe would be his his first of the year. So, yeah, 21 to 10 bucks. That's what I'm going to say. But, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I'm Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey E S N Y. That's at Ryan Honey E S N Y. Listen and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find them. Um, but again, thank you so much for tuning in to Wide Right Podcast episode 46, and I'll see you guys soon.
Thank you.